Hey there, everyone. Welcome to Holy Man, a journey of becoming godly men. No matter if we are sons or husbands, dads, grandfathers, or just any regular guy out there, we are going to try to figure out how God would want us to live on this journey called life. None of us have it all figured out. So let's dig into God's Word and wrestle with God's Word as we try to become who God created us to be, specifically, holy men. Hey there, men. It is good to be back with you again. We're in the fifth week of our Holy Man podcast journey. Uh, Well, we're in the fifth week of the Measure of a Man journey, I should say. We're going through the uh, book Measure of a Man with uh, Gene Getz, and uh, we have had some great conversations in our life groups. I've heard from several of the other life groups that are using it, and uh, there's some just great conversations that we're having as we're looking at these different attributes of a godly man as presented by Paul when he wrote his letters to 1 Timothy and Titus. As we get jump into the one we're talking about today, I want to tell you a story. I was in line at a pharmacy here the other day getting a medicine for someone in my family. And as I was standing there, a mom pushing a stroller, and uh, she had next to her also, besides the baby in the stroller, she had a little boy. He was around three years old, I would guess, somewhere in that neighborhood. And he walked up to me, and I kneeled down, and I just started talking with him, and he very quickly showed me his little fingers, and I could see his fingers had some blisters on them. They were burned. And uh, he says that he touched, he reached up on, in the, on the stovetop, and he touched the burner that had been on on the stovetop, and he burned his fingers. And uh, it, so he's telling me he had an ouchie, and, and I, so I asked him the question. I said, did you learn from this to not touch again? And he paused for a moment, and he looked at me, and these were his words, probably not. (laughs) And I turned, and I looked at his mom, and she looked at me, and we just started laughing as this little boy shared probably the truth, that he hadn't fully learned his lesson. He hadn't gained the wisdom necessary yet to not do it again. And here's this little boy saying, not yet. Uh, We're talking about the attribute today uh, is the idea, Gene Getz calls it, demonstrating wisdom. So having wisdom that we demonstrate by how we live our lives. You know, when we talk about this topic, it reminds me of a man uh, in my past, a, a great friend of mine. Uh, I served on a church staff with him back when I was real young in a journey. I was at, in seminary at this time, and his name was Dr. Bob Reese. Uh, he was a retired pastor at the time, he, but he would tell me uh, he's retired but not tired. And it's true, he was busy. Uh, he was our what we called our visitation pastor, and so he was always visiting people if they were in a hospital or in a shut-in or something. And uh, he was a husband, he was a dad, he was a grandpa, and you know he loved the Pennsylvania outdoors, hiking and fishing. He loved talking fishing with me. And the fun thing for me with, with Dr. Bob was he loved to ask great questions. Um, You know, depending on what class I was taking at the time in my seminary classes, 
He would love to ask me. It didn't matter whether it's church history or theology or New Testament classes. He just had great questions. <clears throat> and he would tell me, you're never too old to learn. And, and it's so true. Uh, he would really believe that, and he lived it. He was so wise. And the cool thing, he, he's basically, he would always say this to me. He says, you need to learn to live. And what he meant by that is you need to learn first, get the wisdom of God, get wisdom of life so that you can live, so you can live better. That's what he meant by that. He was truly evidence of what we're talking about today, this idea of demonstrating wisdom. He was wise beyond belief, and he lived that out with living a great life. In our list today, you know, it's what Paul shared and uh, with Timothy and Titus and what Gene Getz is talking about. In our list, uh, in the Greek, the word was sophron. And it's a word that is hard to translate from the Greek into English. And I can tell you this just based, depending on which translation you jump into, whether it's the NIV, NLT, and all the other translations, you're going to find a lot of different words that it's translated by. It's just not an easy word to come into the English out of the Greek. There are words like sensible, sober, of sound mind self-controlled. The one that probably is the most is the word prudent, and that's the word that gets brings into it. Uh, it's the idea of having complete control over your sensual desires, it says. Uh, so the word prudent, if you look up that word, it's the idea of being wise or judicious in practical affairs. So it's wisdom that practically plays out in how you live your life. William Barclay, a great biblical scholar, says it this way. He says, the man who is Sophron is the man who has every part of his nature under perfect control, which is to say that the man who is Sophron is the man whose heart Jesus reigns supreme. So it's the idea that that Jesus and his wisdom has poured into our life so much that we live out what Jesus has given us as wisdom. You know, I had a professor back in school, Dr. Buckwater, and just he was our New Testament professor, so it didn't matter whether he's teaching the Gospels or one of the epistles, no matter what lesson he was teaching, by the end of that lesson, he would basically say, know him more. That's what would sum it up. We just need to know him more. And one day, one of the students, I remember him asking, why? Why should we know him more? And his basic, simple answer was, because then you can walk more in his ways. You know Jesus more so that you can walk more in his ways. Live out life the way Jesus would have you live. So, Sophron, this word that Gene gets as the uh, attribute that he wants us to consider, the one that, <clears throat> that Paul shares with Timothy and Titus, it's the idea that it's the wisdom of God or knowing God's heart and living it out in practical ways. So it's not just knowledge. It's just not head knowledge. It's wisdom. It's knowledge that helps us to live better. 
So it's, you know, we say this in the office, you'll hear Mitch saying it to just about anybody when they're leaving his office, he'll say, make good choices. Well, we make those good choices because of the godly insights we have from spending time with God. Make sense? That's what we're talking about today. And so it's something that I would assume that this makes sense to all of you, that we sh- this is something that we should be aspiring to, to, to garner the wisdom, to seek the wisdom that helps us to live life better, to helps us to communicate better, to helps us to make better dis- decisions, to help us to know better what to look at and what not to look at. And, you know, and the list can go on of all the little decisions day to day, moment by moment that we make, and to have the wisdom to make good, godly choices. That's what we're talking about. You know, Getz in his book, he, uh, he shares that if you want to recognize uh, somebody who is prudent in their life, there are three characteristics that, that he says we need to have. First, he says that you need to be someone who has humility. So what does he mean by this? Someone who has humility. Well, it's somebody who realizes that they're not God. You know, they need to realize that everything we are, everything we have in life, it comes from God. All of our abilities, all the, you know, some people say, well, I worked hard for the money I have. Yes, you did, but who gave you the job? Who gave you the skills? Who provided you the uh, ability to talk? You know, everything begins with us being created in the image of God. You know, one of the fun things that I, I love to do is I, if I ever want to be humble, I'll jump into the book of Psalms. Because in there, the writer of the Psalms, they had, most of them had a good appreciation of who God was and who we aren't. You know, they would say things like, you are God, you are my rock, my fortress, my light, my salvation. All good gifts come from God. And, you know, so if you want a good understanding of our place before the Almighty God, spend some time in the Psalms. Over and over, the psalmists, whether, no matter whether they're talking praises to God, whether they're lamenting, whether they're struggling with life, they always come back to the understanding, but you're still God, and I'm not. And so therefore, I'm going to come before you in that way. Uh, so somebody who is humble is someone who recognizes that they're not God, and they live in light of that, and they live in appreciation. That leads us to number two. Gene Getz says that someone who is prudent is also someone who has an attitude of gratitude. You know, first, we need to acknowledge that we are nothing without God. That's number one. Number two, then, is but we also need to recognize that we are something because of God. You know, guys, have you ever really sat down and pondered how amazing we are? And I'm not being boastful in me. I'm being boastful in God. We are special. We are unique. God created us. Remember back to Genesis? He created us male and female, and he said, wow, it is very good. You know, for so many of you, you've been told the opposite. You've been told that you're not good, or you're not worth much, or you never amount to anything. And so many of those other voices, they're just wrong. I mean, just consider the different parts of your physical body. You know, think of your thumb. Can you imagine life without a thumb? Some people have that situation, and it is hard because God created our thumb to be so important 
important to us. Can you imagine you guys going out archery hunting without your thumb? Think about how hard that would be. I mean, we'd still do it. I mean, there's crossbows and things, and uh, and I get that. But still, think of all the things that would be harder if we didn't have our thumb. God is amazing in how he created us. So as we learn more and more of what God thinks of us and what God has done for us, how he created us, we need to foster an attitude of gratitude, and we just need to say, thanks, God. And Because the more we recognize who God is and how he loves us and how he created us and how he takes care of us, the more we're going to seek him and learn more of his wisdom. So it's somebody who is humble, recognizes that they're not God, and God is amazing. And then secondly, we recognize that we are amazing because of how God did create us. And then because that leads us, number one and number two, I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking about bathroom, number one and number two. Number one is humility. Number two is an attitude of gratitude. Leads us to number three is someone who is prayerful. Someone who simply wants to spend time with God. Somebody who wants to, you know, you think about Jesus. Jesus was the son, but how much time would he go off by himself so that he could spend time with the Father just to interact and to make sure he was still on track of where he needed to be? And and we need to do that, guys. Because of who God is and who we are before God and because of our realization of how amazing God has created us, to spend time with God and just saying thank you and saying, God, I want to know your heart more. You know, for instance, a lot of you guys, and I know this because a bunch of guys in my life group, uh, you get the you version verse of the day. It pops into your phone uh, every day at a certain time of the day. And uh, what do you do with that? You know, it'd be simple just to read it, and for some of you, maybe you repost it onto Facebook or something like that. It's easy to read it quickly and then go on with your day. But what if you take that verse that God has given to you as a gift, and what if you spent time with it? What if you meditated on it? What if you prayed over it? What if you asked God the simple question, God, how could I apply this to my life today? If it's a really good one, what if you memorized it and let God write it on your heart? You know, we just can't just take something like that, a verse of a day, and just quickly move on past it, we spend time with it, we pray over it, and we allow God to put it into our lives so that when things come up during the day, then it can be applied, the wisdom that we garner from it can be applied to our lives. That's prudence. That's being prudent. That's being wise and practically living because of the wisdom that we get. We don't just make quick and hasty decisions. No, we spend time with God, no matter what the decisions are, whether they're big ones or small ones. You know, we spend regular time with God so that we can figure out, you know, what should I eat today, God? What, what's a healthy meal? Should I exercise? Should I not exercise? These are simple decisions, but God can help us to make the simple decisions And then when we get to the harder decisions, because we're so good at asking God for the little decisions, for the wisdom for them, when we get to the harder ones, man, he's there as well. You know, if you have a hard decision, God will help you decide, but you got to seek him. If you're in a hard relationship, how could and would God lead you through it? By taking some of the verses in Scripture and teaching you and showing you this is how we do relationships. If you've made a bad choice, how would God help you clean it up? 
How would he help you bring forgiveness into it? How would he help you change the decision that you made? You know, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about worry and how we deal with some of the challenges of life. And in verse 33, he makes a statement, seek the kingdom of God above all else. We don't seek the kingdom of God when all else fails. We don't seek the kingdom of God when we have nothing else better to do. No, you seek the kingdom of God above all else, before anything else. And then we live righteously. We live the right way because of the wisdom of getting the kingdom of God. And that, and he will give you everything you need. You seek him, he's going to help you guys. Being prudent, being prudent from a Christian perspective is taking what we know of God because we've spent time seeking God, and we practically then apply it to our lives, and we walk with others as they live their lives. Jumping down to chapter 7, in verse 7, Jesus continues this understanding. He says, keep on asking, and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Guys, God longs to share his wisdom with us. Wisdom that will help us practically live the best life possible. So, Guys, do you want wisdom? Do you want the wisdom in your life that's going to help you make better decisions, going to help you be a better man, a better husband, a better dad, a better worker at work, a better person out in the community, a better person driving up and down the roads? God will help you practically make the choices that you need to make if you're willing to seek his wisdom. He provides us both general revelation and specific revelation. He gives us his word. He gives us a general understanding of life. He's willing to pour into us if we're willing to sit at his feet humbly, recognizing that he's God, being thankful for how he pours into us, and spending time conversing with him. He wants to, guys. God wants to share his wisdom with you. Imagine what life would be like if we all got a little wiser this week. (laughs) Can you imagine? Seriously, if your family, whatever your family dynamic looks like, if your family spent a little bit more time getting wiser this week, what would next week look like as far as the choices that you make? What if by the end of this year, what if we all spent time seeking the kingdom of God first, above all else? What would our lives look like and the choices we make look like by the end of the year? It's a journey, guys. It's a journey of holiness. And a holy life is a blessed life because it's the life that God has given us the wisdom to live. So guys, be prudent. Do the things that are necessary to be prudent, to have the wisdom of God that helps us practically live the way that God would have us live. And you'll be more holy. Not perfect. (laughs) We're not there yet, but we'll be more holy. And a holy life is a blessed life. Hey guys, it's good being with you today. Hopefully by the end of this week, we're all going to be a little bit wiser. Be blessed, guys. Be blessed, guys.